Hello, and welcome back to the Outdoor Minimalist Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Carney, and I'm an outdoor and environmental writer and author of the book, Outdoor Minimalist, Wasteless Hiking, Camping, and Backpacking. Follow the link in the description to pre-order a copy of the book so you'll be the first to receive it on the release date of September 1st, 2022. The Outdoor Minimalist Podcast has a goal to give listeners actionable ways to waste less hiking, camping, backpacking, and more during every step of their process. Your impact outdoors starts long before you hit the trail and goes beyond leave no trace ethics. You'll learn how to identify sustainable outdoor brands, how to ask hard questions regarding sustainability, and begin to shift and evolve your mindset to integrate minimalism into all of your outdoor pursuits. In episode 44 of the Outdoor Minimalist podcast, we get to discuss the 30 by 30 initiative that was introduced by the Biden administration. This initiative is essentially a national goal to conserve at least 30% of the U.S. lands and freshwater and 30% of the U.S. ocean areas by 2030. We aren't only talking about that, though. We also get to discuss the Recreate Responsibly campaign and many other amazing initiatives happening in California today. I was really excited to hear about these goals and initiatives, and I am even more excited to introduce someone that is currently working to achieve them. Lexi Griddlefield is on a mission to make the outdoors welcome for all to explore. After working for a U.S. Congresswoman, Lexi discovered a particular interest for outdoor recreation and conservation policy, and she decided to follow that passion, which has led her to be the only staff member for a newer nonprofit organization, California Outdoor Recreation Partnership, also known as CORP. CORP represents 80-plus outdoor industry businesses and organizations in policy advocacy issues. The main sponsors are REI and The North Face. Their top priorities include equitable access, outdoor recreation infrastructure, and climate change resiliency. So welcome to the Outdoor Minimalist Podcast, Lexi. I have really been looking forward to our conversation, but before we get started with that, can you tell me a little bit more about your love of outdoor spaces, how you kind of got into outdoor recreation, and how all of that currently fits into your life? Yeah, thanks, Meg, for having me. Um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to talk to you about everything, and we're really excited and grateful at Corp as well. But on a personal level, I first got into the outdoors when I was, I don't know, six weeks old or something. My dad is a huge skier, passionate to the core, and we took a lot of family trips up to Mammoth Mountain ski area um, as a child, and I also got into trail running in the Los Padres National Forest near where I grew up. And I was working in Congress (laughs) in my early 20s, and the outdoors were my outlet, going backpacking, hiking, everything of that sort to balance a stressful job. And that led me to eventually moving to Mammoth Lakes, California, which is Pamadu Toyabi, Northern Paiute native land. And that's where I am now. And I recreate with backcountry skiing, alpine skiing, trail running, rock climbing, you name it. I'm very passionate about the outdoors, but also making sure that they're inclusive for everyone. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have been to that part of California, but I know California has a lot of really amazing recreation opportunities. Did you move out there for a job specifically or just because you kind of loved that space? It was largely because I loved the space. I was spending way too much time traveling on the 395, which is the main highway that connects the Los Angeles area up to here. And I realized, wow, I'm spending so much money on gas. I might as well move there. (laughs) And it brought me here. Um, It's the Eastern Sierra in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. We're about three hours south of Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's very helpful. I was trying to picture exactly where it was, but that makes a lot more sense. 
now, how long have you lived there? Been about four years now. Yeah, I first came here as a child or a baby. (laughs) And now I'm 32 years old and been here since I was 28. Awesome. And that is where you work for California Outdoor Recreation Partnership, or as you called it, CORP. Yeah, CORP is statewide. And so I have the opportunity to work remotely for them and be anywhere within the state. That's the only requirement I have is that I have to be in California. And it's awesome because we have board members all over California from Arcata, which is, you know, north coast of California, all the way down to San Diego. So we've got a wide spectrum throughout the state. Oh, okay. So did have you worked for them for a long time, even before you moved, since you were living in another part of California? No, I started working for Corp a little over two years ago. Um, it was December 2019. And what exactly is Corp as an organization, like the overall mission and what you all do? Yeah. So Corp is a 501c6 nonprofit organization that advocates on behalf of outdoor industry companies and organizations in California. We're essentially a state outdoor business alliance, and our mission is to power a voice for the outdoor recreation industry to shape policy, support investments, and engage in inclusive um, outdoor recreation economy. We also highly engage a community of outdoor participants in California around the benefits of outdoor recreation. California is home to the nation's largest active outdoor industry economy. It contributes $44.5 billion in economic spending annually and 488,755 direct jobs while supporting active lifestyles, community health and wellness, and a shared love for California's great outdoors. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did not know that about California. I mean, it is a really large, vast state, but it's not always the first state I think of when I'm thinking of outdoor recreation. Yeah, a lot of people think of Colorado or Montana. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But there's not quite as many people in Montana, that's for sure. Um, So what is your role with Corp? Yeah, so I started with Corp in December 2019 as the part-time membership coordinator, but to this day, I am the only staff member at our organization. As a relatively newer nonprofit, we don't operate on a large budget, so we contract out work. For example, Doug Houston of Houston McNaughty has been our contracted lobbyist, and our plan is to grow and hopefully have a higher operational budget in the years to come. But I'm very grateful for our board of directors. It's a working board, and that's very true. I wouldn't be able to accomplish any of our goals or mission without the help of our eight board members, and especially our board president and chair, Matt Lyon, who is the CEO of HydroPack. Oh, okay. So that is a very interesting work dynamic, but it sounds pretty reminiscent to other types of nonprofits as they're kind of gaining traction in that space. So what are some of the specific initiatives or campaigns that you are working on? So we mostly focus on California state policy. We dip into federal at times. Like an example of that would be we just submitted comments for the Joshua Tree Climbing Management Plan. But our main two focus um, initiatives right now are pieces of legislation um, that we're supporting. And as of today and April, they are both in the California State Assembly. Um, the first is Assembly Bill 1789. The bill is authored by Assemblymember Bennett, who represents the Ventura and Santa Barbara counties area. AB 1789 it seeks to address historic funding deficiencies associated with natural surface trail investments in California by calling for a one-time general fund appropriation of $75 million and an annual appropriation of 
$15 million for investments that create, expand, and improve the natural surface trails networks throughout the state trails and greenways program. So the two main sponsors are the California Parks and Recreation Society and the Rails to Trails Conservancy, which is a nationwide nonprofit organization that advocates for rehabilitating old rail lines into multi-use trails. A bill by Senator McGuire of California's North Coast region passed last session to create the Great Redwood Trail, which will be a 320-mile world-class multi-use rail-to-trail project connecting California's San Francisco and Humboldt Bays. So this legislation could be the next through hiking craze, but it also allows access for bikers too, which is very cool. Anyways, AB 1789 could help fund that project as well as many other future trails in California. Yeah, that's amazing. I do follow the Rail Trails Conservancy or... Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That conservancy <laughs> um, pretty closely because I really love biking on those types of trails. So I think I have heard of that development like moving forward in California because it sounds really interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a new trail for you to check yes, out. Yes, yes. They're very fun to bike on because they are relatively flat. <laughs> Other than <laughs> those initiatives and campaigns, all both of those uh, sound relatively recent Are there other specific initiatives or campaigns that you've been working on for a long time or that are coming up in the future that maybe other people in the outdoor industry should be paying more attention to? So there's another bill going through right now, and that's tied to equitable access for all, and that there's been a lot of initiatives on the federal level with equitable access for all. But the one in California we're working with right now is AB 2346, which is authored by Jesse Gabriel, who represents more of an urban area that is the west side of the San Fernando Valley. So AB 2346 is labeled as Equitable Outdoor Access for All. It will create a comprehensive grant program under the California Natural Resources Agency that would augment existing programs and addressing remaining gaps in outdoor access funding. The bill helps to deliver funding for local agencies and nonprofit partners to provide transportation to green spaces, physical activity programming, multilingual translation, workforce development, career pathway programs, education related to water, parks, climate, and coastal protection. And hopefully by the time this podcast airs, both of these bills I've mentioned will make it to the California State Senate, the other chamber. Yeah, that one sounds really, really interesting to me, and it reminds me of an episode that I recorded a while back, but to kind of bring outdoor recreation to more urban communities and kind of integrating or teaching more people in those areas how they can enjoy the green spaces that are in the city. But then also it sounds like maybe transportation to some of the area parks as well. Absolutely. And when we first connected to record the podcast, I think we talked specifically about the Recreate Responsibly campaign. So can you talk a little bit about what that is? Yes, of course. Yeah, this is one of my favorite campaigns that I've worked on. And as we were all asked to stay home at the start of the pandemic, a lot more people were using the outdoors as an outlet for mental and physical health and well-being. Initially, nonprofits that help maintain public lands and seek to conserve them were really overwhelmed by the rise of visitation and feared the impact it would have on the environment. Conservation and land conservancy nonprofit organizations in the Washington state area came together with Outdoor Alliance and REI to form the Recreate Responsibly campaign in May of 2020. It started with a social media campaign with six pillars over Memorial Day weekend in hopes of reaching people intending to recreate on public lands. Corp was originally contacted to participate in spreading awareness of this campaign on social media. And following that campaign, REI connected us with Hip Camp, 
and the California Recreate Responsibly Coalition was formed. We have a national campaign, which you can find at recreateresponsibly.org, and we also operate on a state-by-state level. The six pillars today are know before you go, plan and prepare, respect others, leave no trace, and the last pillar, which I had the privilege of contributing to the creation of, build an inclusive outdoors. We at Corp are highly focused on equitable access, as I mentioned. So our board member, Danica Carey of Serious Innovation, and I had discussions with leadership about including an inclusivity pillar. Yeah, that was a campaign that I saw, I definitely saw a lot of, I think, in the last couple of years. And since you said it kind of started during the COVID times. And how do you think that was... I guess like accepted? Do you think it had a really positive impact? It seemed like it had a pretty far reach, but how do you think it was actually applied by people getting outside? I think, you know, there's always going to be a 1% of people that ignore a campaign like that. But for, you know, the 99% of good humans, everyone else out there, I think it was really well received. And it's, it's been really cool. I mean, I was just in Yellowstone National Park, and I went into a bathroom in West Yellowstone. And on the back of the door was the Recreate Responsibly campaign on a micro level. And it's just really cool to see this massive campaign that you've helped work on with a huge coalition be on that micro level and see how far it's reached. The other thing is that REI created merchandise with Recreate Responsibly on it. So it was branded, which is also pretty neat to watch. Yeah, so it's just like has a very wide exposure, it sounds like. And I think with the different pillars, it makes it easy to remember and understand, maybe like snackable for people who are just kind of entering those outdoor spaces for the first time. Was there any way to kind of measure impacts during COVID as we are seeing like a higher involvement in the outdoors? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, The Outdoor Foundation, which is a nonprofit branch off of the Outdoor Industry Association, did a huge study on visitation and what the most common outdoor enthusiasts look like, like what what's the new recreation person look like? And it was fascinating. It was a woman. The pandemic totally changed the dynamic of people's relationships with the outdoors and a lot more women, people of color, younger generations were getting outside. And it was really cool to see that come up in their findings. Yeah, that's really interesting. I haven't heard of that, um, that study before, but it does really fit in with your like involvement with the Recreate Responsibly because you were really pushing for that inclusivity aspect. The outdoors in America is becoming actually inclusive. I know that there's still a lot of barriers to overcome, but it does feel like that is actually happening slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, you know, living in this kind of a mecca for the outdoors in California, I see a lot more people of color on the mountain and on trails. And I don't, you know, it's hard to come up with a demographic percentage or anything like that without doing an official study, but I would say it's definitely becoming more inclusive. And there's this saying of, you know, saying it's okay for to be inclusive or like saying like, oh yeah, everyone is welcome is one thing, but but building something, building a place, infrastructure, creating space um, with people of color in mind is a whole different dynamic that I'm also seeing the um, outdoor industry get on board with too, which is really cool. So I'm going to do a little bit of a hard switch just so we can kind of keep talking about 
all of the cool initiatives that are going on with Corp and the projects that you're working on, but I have also heard a lot about the something called a 30 by 30 campaign, which I think was mentioned in one of my earlier episodes when we talked about regulation in the outdoor industry. But I've heard a lot about the 30 by 30 goals since it was announced in regards to public lands. So what exactly is that for listeners that haven't heard of it before? And what does it entail? And is it related to Recreate Responsibly? The short answer regarding Recreate Responsibly is no. Um, Recreate Responsibly is more of a guidance geared for outdoor enthusiasts. 30 by 30 is huge. This campaign will impact every human and living being on this planet. So 30 by 30 and America the Beautiful are cohesive, if anyone listening has heard of either. Um, I'm very grateful to live in a progressive state that was the first to really do anything about 30 by 30. 30 by 30 is a worldwide initiative for governments to designate 30% of our planet's land and ocean area as protected areas by the year 2030. The target was proposed by a 2019 article in Science, A Global Deal for Nature, highlighting the need for expanded nature conservation efforts to mitigate climate change. At CORP, we supported a bill, AB 3030, which was authored by Assemblymember Ash Kalra, that advocated to protect 30% of California's lands and waters by 2030. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, the legislature did not pass the bill, And in October of 2020, Governor Gavin Newsom mandated an executive order on 30 by 30. So we became the first state to stand ground on that. But by January 2021, more than 50 nations had agreed to the initiative. 30 by 30 was promoted at the UN Biodiversity Conference, COP15 is the other name for that. This included the EU and G7. It also included the United States as President Biden had issued a call to action that we work together to conserve, connect, and restore 30% of America's lands and waters by 2030 for the sake of our economy, our health, and our well-being. Okay, so I have a lot of questions about 30 by 30, and I'm hoping that you are the right person to ask. So just look at it from kind of California's perspective, since you guys were kind of the first state to jump into that in the United States. But how is California actually working to achieve those goals within that campaign? So once that executive order was put into place, the job was passed on to the California Natural Resources Agency. And um, Deputy Secretary Jennifer Norris is the leader in charge of the 30 by 30 on the California state level. And what they did as an agency was put together a bunch of workshops, um, listening sessions, panel discussions. They brought in the top experts from universities throughout the state on everything from climate change to biodiversity to public lands and water issues, and also equitable access issues were included as well. So over the past, what would that have been, year and some change, they conducted all these webinars and things and like got everyone involved on the or stakeholder organizations like us and there are huge workshops i mean they were holding like three to five hour long workshops for this and they finally released a report in february of this year on how they want to go about it it's a suggested study um that hopefully the state and other nonprofit partners and agencies and everyone can work together to do on the micro level. So the state has kind of put together this strategy plan 
but a lot of this has to be done on the local level at the county the city the town the you know municipalities so right now a plan is put into place but it's going to be kind of the burden's going to be put on the local level to carry through with these goals. Yeah, I think I see that happening with a lot of different initiatives, but it makes a lot of sense because it is different from each municipality across the board. So is that what it kind of looks like with the other states that are involved and then maybe even other countries as well? Yeah, I'm not too familiar with what's going on in other countries with it and how like the EU is dealing with it quite yet. I haven't had the opportunity to, you know, be exposed to that because the California plan just came out. But on a state level, Nevada passed legislation on 30 by 30 in May 2021. And then also New Mexican Governor Lujan Grissom enacted an executive order on 30 by 30 in August 2021. But this is where I'd encourage your listeners to get involved with 30 by 30 on their state level because, I mean, that's only a few states. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it would be more. That's only three states. (laughs) Other states have tried to put legislation into place, but it just hasn't happened yet as far as passing. So what would be the best way for a listener? So use me for an example. So I live in Washington, and I feel like it's also a relatively progressive state in some ways. So how would someone like me be able to kind of push for a 30 by 30 initiative or plan like California has? So there are outdoor business alliance network organizations throughout the country that are working on 30 by 30 um, that you can get involved with. So there are, there's a Washington state one. Outdoor Alliance is a partner of ours that is heavily working in Washington state on initiatives like this. So that'd be an, uh, an organization to get involved with. But you also don't need an organization to get involved with policy advocacy. You can go directly to your elected officials and write them a letter about how they should create a bill start getting involved with 30 by 30. And that's a really fun way to be involved with policy advocacy because you'll get a response back individually from your member of Congress or your assembly member or state senator. Awesome. Yeah, that's kind of what I envisioned um, would have to happen. But it's good to know what some of those other organizations are as well, because I feel like sometimes if you're not exactly sure what to say or what to write to a lawmaker of any kind, then organizations like Outdoor Alliance will sometimes have like certain campaigns or even like scripts that you can kind of follow and tailor to your needs. So I'll make sure to include links to those organizations that you mentioned. So back to 30 by 30 in California, since you guys have a plan, you have a a plan of sorts kind of going into place right now. So within those initiatives are, is the focus pretty specific to federal and water conservation or is it broader than that? No, it's, it's not just even public lands and public waters. It is 100% of the makeup of our state our country, our world. So cities are factored into this equation. It includes private and public lands and waters. Waters are defined as up to 200 miles off of the coastline. But the other thing that I should mention is that each 30 by 30 initiative has taken its own form, whether it's in California or Nevada or on the federal level with America the Beautiful. In California, we have a lot of equitable access issues, and there's this gray area that we are navigating between conservation and outdoor recreation. So The state's proposal for 30 by 30 in California doesn't just include land and water conservation, but it also recognizes biodiversity issues such as endangered plants and animals, and it also addresses equitable outdoor recreation 
access. Um, at Corp, we operate on this idea that people who have the opportunity to experience the outdoors will find the significance in protecting our lands and waters for future generations to enjoy. So access is important, but it has to be in alignment with conservation and biodiversity efforts. It's pretty tricky to address. That would make it really, really difficult to have like a cohesive plan in place because it is so vast and it is very difficult to kind of measure, I feel like, that type of large scale progress. So with all of that in mind, how can we as outdoor recreation participants or even policymakers in other states, how can we use the 30 by 30 goals or even the California plan as a way to help guide conservation efforts and to measure the progress of those efforts? Well, it's a percentage that we can track and we have estimates on what percentage is already protected in California and on the federal level. The California Natural Resources Agency estimates that 24% of California's lands and 16% of coastal waters are already conserved. So the closer we get to 30%, and once we do, that's a definitive measurement of progress for conservation. But Meg, this was a loaded question for me because we're not done when we reach 30%. The next goal in mind is 50 by 50. It just hasn't been introduced yet and people don't want to talk about it yet because they're like, let's get through this first. Let's get through this. And you know, everything a little bit at a time, but I assume it will be introduced in 2031. It makes a lot of sense to me that they would want to do it somewhat incrementally and not make it feel like too overwhelming. Like jumping right to 50 by 50 might feel too hard. So kind of going to 30 by 30 first makes sense. And especially because it feels like there's not a big rush for a lot of states wanting to participate or like really, really, really pushing for it if there's only three states involved right now. I did not look up before this, like which states were involved in 30 by 30, but in my head, I was like, oh, I can probably guess all the states and there's probably so many and I'm very disappointed. I should clarify, there is more movement with it. Okay. Like there's been initiatives introduced. They just haven't been passed, like signed by a governor, ready to go. Mm, Okay. Do you know which states have been kind of pushing for more initiatives? The main two right now that are pushing for it are... South Carolina and Hawaii. Oh, okay. Interesting. Not the ones that I was thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) It never is. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That surprises me as well. Um, Okay. Well, we need more people kind of advocating for this type of involvement in 30 by 30. And so how can more members of the outdoor industry not only get involved in conservation with CORP, but also start to push for the 30 by 30 initiatives in their state? Yeah, so if you're in California, I highly recommend becoming a member of CORP. We take individual members or companies and organizations, and you can go to californiaoutdoor.org to start the process. As far as 30 by 30 in California, you don't have to be a member of CORP to get involved with that. The state has online platforms for 30 by 30, and you can go to californianature.ca.gov to get involved. And then if you're outside of California, I'm happy to help connect you with the State Outdoor Business Alliance in your state or any of our federal partners like the Outdoor Industry Association and Outdoor Alliance. Awesome. Those are all great resources, and I'll be sure to link to those websites in the episode notes. And kind of within that question, because I think we were talking kind of a lot about individuals and how individuals can kind of seek out resources and information or even write policymakers. 
But would you have any recommendations as far as policy involvement or involvement with corp for outdoor industry businesses or companies? I think the most important thing you can do is meet face to face with a person. And the pandemic has made that really difficult for us to be able to advocate and lobby face to face and, you know, legislators offices. So scheduling Zoom calls with your members is huge. That's what we do at Corp. And OA does it as well. We lobby and meetings. So we have a Sacramento summit every year where we bring together all these outdoor industry businesses and folks and actually bring them to, you know, the governor bring them to their assembly member, their senator, their congressperson, you name it. And individuals are welcome to do that as well. If you are the CEO of a company or even not, maybe you're lower down, I would get approval from your boss first, but (laughs) you can definitely go advocate for a bill with your member. A lot of companies do that. And the best way to do that is just to maybe attend the summit or find resources through Outdoor Alliance or through Corp. Yeah, that's what we do. We help connect our members with legislators. So we are happy to help set up meetings. If I, you know, have had members like Hip Camp come to us with a specific issue and want to meet with this member and we set up an individual meeting for them. Or we advocate on behalf of our larger initiatives and have those lobby meetings. And during our summit, we have about 30 meetings. It's a lot, (laughs) a lot of Zoom calls lately. But the other way to do it is to go on, say you want to advocate for America the Beautiful, and it is an executive order at this point, but something of that initiative and you want your congressional member to get involved, you can go on their website and request a meeting directly on like on their online form. So it's pretty easy to do. And most members are pretty responsive to meeting requests and at least invite you to like some kind of coffee forum or something like that to get your questions addressed. So that's a route to go. So if people wanted to do that, I feel like you did list off a lot of really, really great resources and tools, but if listeners wanted to, how can they follow along with all of the great initiatives and campaigns that you've mentioned in this episode or get in contact with you? Yeah, we'd love it. You can follow Corp at CaliforniaOutdoor.org. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or you can sign up for our e-newsletter. There is a direct sign-up link at CaliforniaOutdoor.org. You can also email me, Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, at CaliforniaOutdoor.org. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Lexi Griddlefeld. Awesome. And just like with all the other resources, I will also share that in the episode notes. Unless you have any other insights or things that you want to share with the listeners, I will just say thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, Meg. We're really grateful that you're helping to amplify our message. And we hope your listeners will be as enthusiastic as we are about the great outdoors. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, let me know. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can still find me on Instagram at outdoor.minimalist.book for daily updates, other educational resources, and to help build an outdoor community with a shared goal to create a better outdoor space as we recreate.